Thanks, Daniel. Well, my name is Ron Cole. I'm one of the pastors here again at Hillside, and it's a joy to, to welcome all of you here. We're going to continue to uh, work our way through Paul's letter to the Galatians. We're up to chapter 5. There are six chapters, so we're getting towards the end of this. But Paul's letter to the Galatians, and again, to understand what's going on in 5, we've got to understand what's going on a little bit before that. And so I want to start just by reminding you of, of Galatians 1 through 4. And what, what we learn in this section is that there's one main question that Paul wants to answer and deal with. And it's a question that was a, a hot topic. Topic in Galatia. The question is, how are we saved? How are we saved? How are we forgiven? How are we accepted by God? Or with the image that we've been using, how do we get to Graceland? How, how do we get admittance into Graceland? We've said that the reality is, is each and every one of us, because of our sinful nature, because of our guilt, because of our brokenness, we're slaves and we live in slave land and we can't get ourselves out. And the question that Paul wants to deal with in Galatians, the first four chapters, is how do we become free? How do we get out of slave land? How do we get into grace land? How do we do that? And, and, and there are two sides to the, the answer that Paul is dealing with or to the, to, the, to the challenge, the question that Paul is dealing with. On the one side, we have what, what we've been calling the final step Christians. And they've said the way we get into grace land, the way that we're saved, the way that we're forgiven is we believe in Jesus. They said that, but they also said we believe in Jesus plus some things that we have to do. And we've talked about those things, about circumcision and about dietary laws and special days and about basically how they were saying, you've got to become Jewish. You've got to become more like us. You, you're going to be loved by God and accepted by God if you can become more like us. And churches have been struggling with that ever since this time, right? We want to say, yeah, it's Jesus, but if you're going to fit in, you've got to become more like us. Paul takes the other side. And what Paul says is, is that it's, it's, it's Jesus alone, Jesus alone. Jesus alone, that it's not what we've done, that we can't get out of slave land. <coughs> Excuse me. We can't get out of prison. It's only what Jesus Christ did, that through his death and resurrection, he broke down that, that dividing wall between us and, and between him and between each other and all those things, and he invites us to live now in grace land. So that's Galatians 1 through 4, right? We are saved by grace. We cannot, we cannot do anything. Christ alone, not Christ plus anything else. So last week we started asking then the, the question. We're in grace land, we're saved, we're forgiven, we're loved, we are children of God. We are sons and daughters of the King of kings and the Lord of the Lord. That's who we are. We are right now today in grace land. So how do we live in this new land? How do we live in this new place? How do we live in this new culture? It's like we've been granted citizenship, but we don't know the customs yet. We don't know how to live in this, in this country yet. So how do we live in Graceland, and what Paul is doing is he's going to give us five guidelines. Five guidelines for us as Christians. How do we live as Christians? How do we live in Graceland? How do we live as people who are saved by Jesus Christ alone? And, and, and we started on the first one last week. There are going to be five of these. We're going to finish up the first one, and then we'll move on to the other ones. But the first thing, and I think it's so fascinating that Paul starts with this, because Paul knows this is a problem in Galatia, and it's a problem at Hillside. It's a problem in pretty well, <clears throat> again, excuse me, for every church. He says the first thing you've got to make sure is you refuse, that you do is you refuse to return. You protect your freedom. Don't go back. Galatians 5 verse 1, stand firm then. Excuse me. It is for freedom Christ has set you free. It is for freedom Christ has set you free. Stand firm then and do not... And do not <laughs> let yourselves be burdened again. Don't go back into slavery. Do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Refuse to return. The reason Paul is so passionate about this 
is that it was true in his day, it's true in our day, is that we face pressure from Christians who want to come to us and tell us that we really don't deserve to be in Graceland until we get our lives straightened out. That is such a constant thing. If you grew up in a church, you've known this. To say, yep, Jesus died for your sins, you're forgiven, but you really got to straighten out your life. Jesus died for your sins, but you've really got to make sure you don't go to movies. Jesus died for your sins, but it's Jesus plus doing whatever it is, not cutting your grass on Sunday. And, And we face this tremendous pressure to start to say it's Jesus plus something else. Again, this is, this is where it comes from. This is what it looks like. We said, let's imagine that this us, and then we have people here who are telling us things about, you know, this, that you don't belong here. You're not good enough. You just aren't good enough. And then the, the list goes on. You need to change the clothes you wear, the music you listen to, the way you talk, the way you walk, the guys you go out with, and what you do on Sunday. You need to learn to pray and read the Bible more, and you got to do this and that. And it can break our spirits until we get to the place where we say, fine. I'll follow whatever rules I need to until I do belong. I can do this. I can do this. I want to follow whatever rules. Paul knows that that is a tendency for each and every one of us to not live by grace, to go back to slave land. And and, and what Paul understands is as soon as we say this, and the problem here is this, four times, I, I can do this. I'll follow the rules. As soon as I start talking about what I can do, I'm back in slave land. I'm back in slave land when it becomes about me and what I can accomplish. And that's when Paul says, do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Don't go back. Refuse to return. So we said that last week, and then we started to ask this question, all right, how? How do we live in in, in refusing to do that? How do you respond to the voices in your head? How do you respond to the people around you who are going to say, you know what, Ron, you're just not good enough. Ron, you're not good enough to be a pastor. Ron, your life is not in order enough to be pastor. I, I mean, people will say this about churches. <laughs> there are people who look at Hillside and, 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 and who say, you know what? Those people, they really aren't, they really aren't serious about their faith. Those people, they, 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 they believe too much in grace. They do way too much that they shouldn't do. Now, of course, there are other churches that actually cross that line, and we can talk about that. Right? We, we, all of us, we face that as individuals, as a church, that pressure. So how do we resist that? How do we stand firm? So let's go ahead and and, and come back to this, all right? Here we are, we're over there. Somebody says, you don't belong here, you're not good enough. How do we refuse to return? Last week we mentioned the first one, we live by faith. We live by faith. And when we live by faith, what we say is this, you're right, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough, but Jesus is. See, that, that's where we have to start. Faith does not say, yes, I am good enough. Yes, I can do this. What faith says is, I'm not good enough. I don't belong here. But Jesus is good enough. And it's because I am clothed with Christ. It's because of his amazing grace. It's because of his amazing love that, that I do belong here, okay? So I, I, I always think, just want to hold on to that faith that says, you know what? No, I don't belong here, but Jesus does. And I'm on his ticket. I'm not good enough but Jesus is. And I want you to think about that as a rock. Faith is a rock that we stand on, and we root our lives in that. And it's not just the way we get in, we stay in by reminding ourselves regularly, friends, that it's all about grace. It's all about grace. It's all about grace. And we live by faith, not in what we do, but on what Jesus Christ has already done to us and for us. All right, so we live by faith, and then today we're going to pick up the second one. We also live in hope. 
we live in hope, all right? And, and when we live in hope, what we say is, you're right, I'm not good enough, but one day I will be. One day I will be. So I want you to just kind of picture this. You're in a situation, let's say you're at your in-laws and they're very conservative religiously and they don't think that you're really very serious about your faith. Okay, maybe I'm just describing you to a T, but you're someplace with people who don't think that you're very serious about your faith. Here's what I want you to do internally. Here's what I want you to, to recognize. First of all, you stand on that rock of faith, right? And you say, look, I'm not good, but Jesus Christ is, and he forgives all my sins, and I'm accepted because of him. But then you also say, you know what? I don't know how to live in this country yet. I know I mess up, but someday, someday I'm going to get it right. Someday I am going to be the kind of person who loves and serves and gives. And, and just stop and think about what that's going to be like. Okay, maybe it's just because I'm older that this gets me all jacked up. But it really does. Because I am so excited. I'm so excited. I think about this. One day, I'm never going to hurt anybody again. One day, I'm never going to have to say I'm sorry. One day, I'm never going to lose my temper. One day, I'm never going to get defensive One day I'm never going to tell a joke that just cuts and hurts somebody deeply. I cannot wait for that day. One day I'm not going to hurt other people. I live in hope. I live in hope. I am not what I am right now. It's not all I am. But one day I will be exactly what God created me to be. And it's going to be so nice. I won't have to deal with guilt. I won't have to deal with, with just watching pain in people I love that I just said things to. And, and, and so I stand there, and you say, I'm not good enough. I say, I know, but I will be, because God isn't done with me yet. I live in hope. Galatians 5.5, 5. for through the Spirit, we eagerly await, we look forward to, we hunger for, by faith, the righteousness for which we hope, okay? We hope for righteousness. We look forward to that. One day, I will be good enough. One day, I will be righteous. One day, I will be the kind of person God has created me to be. And I need to hold on to that today. I need to remind myself of that today. That it's not about what I am today. It's about what I will be. And one day, I will do what Jesus does. One day, I will say what Jesus would say. One day, I will be that kind of a person. And, and, and so you're right. I live in hope. And I put that rock there, and I stand on that rock. We put them together, all right? Somebody tells us, you got to do this. You got to go to church more. You got to go. You don't have to go to church more. You have to give more. Just, you don't, no, I'm kidding, okay? No. Somebody's getting honest about the way we're living. Say, you know what? I'm not good enough. You're right, but it's not about me being good enough. Jesus is, and one day I will be righteous. One day I will have it together. And when we do that, that just crumbles the words of those who are telling us we don't belong. Jesus is good enough, and one day I will be. We live by faith, and we live by hope. Before I talk about hope specifically, I want to talk about how they're related because I think this is a really essential thing for us to understand about how we live today in Graceland. Because if you've paid attention, there's, there's some, not a conflict, but there's some tension between faith and hope, right? Think about this. Think about this. By faith, I say this. I am 100% righteous. I am right now, I stand before you, and what you see in front of you is somebody who is absolutely pure in the eyes of God. 
I know you can't imagine it, but God can, and I'm learning to. But that's absolutely 100% who I am. I am right now, in this moment, completely forgiven, completely righteous, completely washed away from all of my sins. And if that don't make me ready for Graceland, nothing does, okay? I am absolutely righteous. Paul has said this again and again, Galatians 3.13. Christ redeemed us, not will redeem us, he did. It's done. He redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. 3.26 and 27. So in Christ Jesus, you are, not will be, you are right now, today, if you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves. Past tense. It's done. Have clothed yourselves with Christ. My faith tells me I am 100% righteous. Hope tells me I'm not. (laughs) Right? Hope tells me someday I will be. Hope tells me that, that, that someday I'm going to get it right. And so, again, we have this challenge here. I think this, this is so, and this explains so much, and, and keeping this straight is so essential. This is so basic, but so essential for us. Because the question is, am I righteous or am I not righteous? And the fact is, right now, as I stand before you, what you see right now is somebody who is absolutely 100% both. I am at this one in the same time. I am 100% righteous. I am absolutely, completely forgiven. But I am also somebody who is not yet what God has created me to be. And I need to remember that, okay? I live in the already. All right, we call this the already, and I live in the not yet. And I am in both, okay? I, I, and here I rest, That's why, on the one hand, the Christian life is 100% just resting in God's grace. I can't do anything. I rest in God's grace because I'm already 100% righteous. But on the other hand, I strive. I strive to become what God created me to be because I'm not yet righteous. And, 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 and holding on to both of these things gives us strength to live the Christian life. And it helps us fight against those voices. When those voices say, you're not good enough, I say, you're right, I'm not. But I am because I'm 100% righteous. I am not yet, but I already am, okay? And so I live in that sense of deep, amazing peace and yet great, strong passion. Most of the time we say you're one or the other. I want to say as Christians we need to be 100% both, completely at peace, completely resting in grace, completely aware that the party starts, that I can't do anything to make God love me more. You are 100% already there. And yet so passionate to get to that day. To get to that day where I don't blow it anymore. Where I know the customs and the language and the activities of Graceland. To get to that day where I do that. And so I am so passionate to want to get there. But I do so from peace. I do so from this place of acceptance and love. And friends, if we don't keep those two things straight, we're either going to become complacent and take advantage of grace, or we become workaholics and, and, and filled with tension and nervousness that we're not doing enough. No, I am already righteous. I am not yet righteous. And it's the same me. And no, I'm not schizophrenic. It is the same me. I rest in faith of what God has done. And I strive in hope of what God will do. They are both the work of God. Faith is not the work of God and hope the work of me. No, they are both 
the work of God. And we have to hold on to faith and hope. Faith and hope. Think about it if you could go through every day deeply aware. I am forgiven. Absolutely, 100%. And yet God is still at work in me. God is not done with me. Live by faith, live by hope. That's the heart of Graceland. It's faith, hope. And next week, Daniel's going to talk about how it results in love. Faith and hope produces love in our lives. So we refuse to return. We protect our freedom. We live in faith, and we live in the hope of righteousness. I want to ask one question, and, and, and it's the question of how do we nurture hope? How do we nurture our hope for righteousness? How do we grow deeper in that hope that we will one day be righteous? Before I answer that real quick, one note, and, and I, it'll help me is in our answer. But, but when you think about righteousness, I, I want us to recognize that righteousness in the Bible, righteousness in Galatians is both personal and universal. What I mean by that is this. It's personal in the sense that, like, and this is what I've been talking about, right? I'm going to get it right. I'm going to be made new. I'm going to love. I'm going to serve. I'm going to give. It's I myself will be righteous. I will live righteous. I will not just be forgiven and declared righteous, but I will live rightly. It's personal in that sense, but it's also universal. Hope in the Bible uh, for righteousness is for everything to be right. It's for there to be no more storms that kill people in North Carolina, no more earthquakes that shatter lives, no more racism, no more abuse of children, no more abuse of women, no more attacking of people by power and people who don't have power. And so the hunger, the righteousness we hope for, it's not just that I'm going to get it right. It's not just me personally. It is that. But the hunger that I hope for, the hunger that I nurture, is for everything to be straightened out, is for everything to be made right, is for one day not just me to be right, but for all of us to be right, for all of us to love, to say we will learn to care for each other and we will be those kind of people someday. So how do we nurture that? How do we nurture that kind of hope? Three things. The first are two things we don't do, okay? Three things. The first thing we don't do is this. We, we don't nurture hope by just denying reality. It's a temptation, right? And I think sometimes people think that's what Christians do, is say it's not that bad. We have hope because it's not that bad. Friends, let me tell you, it's that bad and worse. <laughs> we don't deny reality. I think as Christians, we are some of the only people who can be honest about reality and say, you know what? It, it's, it's that bad. In fact, it's worse. It is what it is, and it does hurt, and I do get frustrated, and, I, and we're not where we should be. We don't have to deny reality on a personal level. You know, for me to have hope of becoming what God, it, it doesn't mean that I say, well, you know, really, I'm, I'm, I'm not that bad. God doesn't have that much to change in me. No, the reality is, is I, I am so curved in on myself. It, the question is not, in a sense, the real question is not, why do I act selfishly? But what about those rare occasions when I don't? <laughs> why, why did that happen? Why, how could I actually love somebody there? Because my tendency is to be selfish. Now, I'm going to try to look like I'm thinking of others. But in reality, and so I've got to be honest about the reality. I've got to be honest 
about the reality. That's part of the reason why we confess our sins. I was thinking about this whole already not yet things in terms of confession. Because on the one hand, when we come to church, we really shouldn't have to confess our sins, right? You're forgiven. Why do we have to confess our sins? Well, yeah, I'm righteous, but I'm not. I'm hoping. And in that reality of recognizing that it is what it is on a personal level and then on a universal level, we don't deny the reality that sometimes life just hurts. That we lose people we love. That people hurt us. That it's just not the way it's supposed to be. Friends, it is that bad. It is not right. There is so much hatred. There is so much, again, we can talk about racism. We can talk about all sorts of things here. It's a reality in my heart. It's a reality in our culture. It is a reality. And denying it doesn't do us any good. And so in a sense, the first step of hoping is being honest about what is, about the reality of where my life is, of how far I have to go. And, 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 and so we don't deny reality. The second thing we don't do is we don't settle for reality. I, I think sometimes Christians can do this. I think sometimes any of us can do this. I mean, there's a, a phrase that's pretty popular. It's probably out now, but I'm old. But, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. And it's kind of way you say, look, this is just reality. And on the one hand, that's true. We don't deny reality. But I think sometimes when we say it is what it is, or I am what I am, it becomes an excuse. It becomes an excuse to settle for reality. It becomes an excuse to say, well, this is just the way it is. And it's never going to change. And, and if we're going to be people of hope... If we're going to be people who are carried on by the strength and the power of hope, then we have to make sure that we don't settle for reality because this is not the way it will be. This is not the way it was created to be on a personal level. I think of how often in relationships, in marriage, with our kids, with our parents, how often don't we want to just say, well, this is who I am, and I can't change it. You knew this when you married me. I've been this way my whole life. And what we're saying is, I don't hope. I'm settled for what is. I'm settled for reality. It's not how we live in Graceland. Man, in Graceland, we say, no, Jesus Christ is at work. And I eagerly await the righteousness for which I hope. I eagerly await the righteousness that is coming my way. And I know one day I'm going to get it right. And so I don't just settle for saying, hey, that's just Ron. Ron does that kind of thing sometimes. Ron says that kind of thing sometimes. No, because I'm on my way to being the kind of person who doesn't do those things and who doesn't say those things. And so I want to more and more live out of that. So I don't deny reality, but I don't settle for it. And, and again, on a universal level, you know, in some ways, again, it's just a problem that's going to always be there. There are always going to be hungry people, so we can't do anything about it. There are always going to be dictators, so we can't do anything about it. There's always going to be challenges. and de- No. Yeah, it's true. There are in Graceland, even today, Graceland, there are always going to be broken pieces until Jesus comes back. But we don't settle for it. We don't say, well, this is just the way the business world works. I- I'm so thankful for so many of you who take that seriously, who say, no, just because this is the way it often works around here, we're not going to do that. I'm going to live in hope of what it's going to be. I'm going to live in hope 
I'm going to treat my employees decently. I'm going to treat my boss decently. I'm going to work hard even though I don't have to. I know what everybody else does, but I won't settle for reality. If we're going to be people of hope, if we're going to nurture hope, we don't deny reality. And then second, we don't settle for reality. And third, finally, we look to God and not ourselves. Because our hope is not in us. I am a hopeful person not because I'm going to figure it out. I stand before you and I say, I I can't wait because one day I promise you this, I am going to do it right. I am going to love and serve and give. Not because I'm going to figure it out. Paul says, I eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which I hope. We eagerly await the righteousness for which we hope. Ultimately, righteousness is a gift from God. It's the righteousness I have that has made me righteous, and it's his working in my life that's going to make me righteous. That's going to straighten everything out. And so I keep looking not to myself, but looking to God. Because I can't. If it was up to me, I'd have to settle for reality. But I look at God, and I await, eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. This is where I think some of the actions that we can do that can help us do that are are things like this in order to help us look to God. That's one of the main things of worship. Worship is not about saying, i got to check this off because God wants me to come to church. One of the most important reasons for you to come here is to remember hope, faith that you are by grace loved, but also hope that God's not done with you. God's not done with this world. And so we sing what a hope we have, what a hope we have, not in ourselves, but in Jesus Christ. Great is thy faithfulness. Strength for today, faith. Bright hope for tomorrow, hope, right? Strength for, and we sing that, and we worship, and we pray, and we become people who are more and more engaged in hope. And when I live by hope, I don't need to go back to the law because I know God's going to do it by his grace. We worship, we pray. We become people who daily, hourly learn to live in an ongoing relationship with God through Jesus Christ. In, in that prayer life of saying, God, help me out here. God, thanks for your grace. God, I blew it. Thank you for forgiving me. God, help me. How do we do this? How, God, I mean, one of the things that I often do, and I, I, maybe you'll say this isn't prayer, but a lot of the time my prayer is, God, how could I have done that differently? And then God and I think about it, and maybe it's just me thinking about it. But I do that. I I catch myself blowing it. I catch myself walking out of a situation going, I don't want to do that again. That was wrong. And I said, Lord, just please help me understand. What might I have done? How might I have seen myself? Remind me of who I am so I don't need to be defensive. Worship, prayer, and scripture. These basic Christian disciplines. These basic Christian activities. Scripture reminds me of who I am in Christ. That I am 100% righteous, but I am not yet there. And, and, and so we continue to look to God. Live by faith. Live in hope. And these two things. These two things become the rocks that we stand on. How do you live in Graceland? just completely aware that I am 100% righteous and completely aware that God is still working on me in great peace 
and striving with all that I have. And when you stand on those rocks, you can dance and sing and have joy. We are, friends, free in Christ. Live by faith. Never let go of hope. And never, friends, never let anybody tell you you don't belong here. Never let anybody tell you that you're not going to fit in until you learn to look more like us. If you are in Christ, you are free. Never go back. Never go back. Never go back. You are a child of God, beloved, not a slave. Let's pray together. Father, we don't know how to live in Graceland very well. We can kind of wrap our minds around saying that, yeah, you forgive all our sins. It's we, we, not just to live in Graceland, to live in peace, to live in joy, but yet to be hungry and eagerly await the righteousness for which we hope. Father, give us that amazing gift of knowing that we are totally secure, and yet you are still working on us. And Father, let it be in joy. Let it be in freedom. Let us do this knowing we are your children and nobody can take us out of your hands. Nothing can make us not your children anymore. And as your children, Father, we will learn to love and we eagerly await the day when that righteousness will not just be ours because of the declaration, but also because of the lives that we live. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you please stand to receive God's parting word of benediction? Again, following our service, there are going to be some folks in the prayer room there. Uh, if you want to pray with somebody, talk with somebody, there will be some folks from Hillside there. People of God, as you go from this place, know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ goes with you, and let that give you hope. Hope to know that you belong in God's grace. Amen.